each of you here tonight. I want to recognize our graduates after a while at the end of the service. I will have the, um, the youth group that's over in the MC uh, come over towards the end and we'll recognize them. Um, open your Bibles though to Deuteronomy 31. The message will be uh, geared uh, more towards graduates or it's not just a message from, for graduates because it's a message from God's Word, so it's going to be uh, applicable, of course, uh, to all of us. But in Deuteronomy 31, and I want to read verses 1 through 8. Uh, the occasion is, is uh, Moses is getting ready to go off the scene. And Israel and Joshua, as their new leader, is going to uh, be challenged because they're now going to have to go on uh, without Moses and to follow the Lord in this new adventure of seizing, if you would, the promised land and getting what God has promised them. And so uh, now they're going to, about ready to depart, if you would, from Moses. Moses is about to depart from them. And, and uh, so it's going to be a trying time for them as, as they will need to follow the Lord. And so I see some things there, uh, you know, even for you know, graduates as uh, some of them might uh, you know, move out of the house, or they might go off to college, or, or go off to a new job, or, or whatever they may do. It's a new adventure, a new place, and you're challenged uh, when you do that. Are you going to uh, follow the Lord? Are you going to, uh, whenever you don't have Moses over you, you know, when, when, you're, when your parents, <laughs> you know, they're not right there and they're gone. Moses is about ready to be gone. Uh, when you're not with your parents and they're not right there with you, are you still going to follow the Lord? And it's something that you know you need to resolve right now. It's something you need to choose right now as a child of God. That you know, no matter where you are, parents be with you or parents not be with you where you are, that you are going, uh, you know, to follow the Lord. And so it's kind of what makes me think about that in regards to this occasion here in Deuteronomy. But let's read Deuteronomy 31 and verse 1 through 8. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, if, you're, if you get to 120 and you're able to say, I'm getting a little old to do this, <laughs> you know he's done pretty good. Um, also, the Lord has said to me, I like that. You know, no matter how old you get, you can still talk to the Lord. You know, the Lord will still talk to you. Not what our message is about, but it's there. Also the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God Himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you. And you shall dispossess them. Joshua Himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as He did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and their land when He destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one that goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. 
He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Let's pray. Father, help us as we look at some things that should help us to be courageous in our life. And Lord, we need uh, people of courage. We need young people of courage as they uh, go out into the world and start serving you in, in new ways. Lord, they need to be courageous. They need to have faith in you and your word and in your presence. And, and Father, I pray that you would work and move in the message tonight to be a blessing and encouragement. Uh, Lord, not just to those who have graduated this year, uh, but to all of us. Lord, we face uh, things in, in our future that uh, are not pleasant, and we need your courage to face those things. So help us, I pray, to be courageous and strong and to not fear. In Jesus' name, and amen. Anytime you enter a new phase of life, you've made a new step, a different direction, if you would, um, you want to face new challenges. And oftentimes, you really don't know what those challenges are. You try to think about them uh, as you maybe make a decision to take a job or, or to go to school or, or to move. You know, you try to think about things. You try to be prudent, foresee things, but you, you don't always know what all is going to be before you. You don't know... Uh, the physical challenges, you don't know the mental challenges, and you definitely don't know the spiritual challenges that you're going to face. Um, but we hope and trust as, as parents that we have followed the Lord, we, we've, we've done what we could, if you would, in training our children, leading them in the right way, and uh, teaching them the God's Word, because that's what they need in order to face uh, what's ahead of them. But be certain that no matter where you go, no matter what decision you made, what direction you're going, whether it be work or school, whatever it may be, you will be tested. Now we're all tested at times, but you will be tested um, wherever you go. You'll be tested about, if you would, where your true loyalty lies. You'll be tested about what your true convictions are. Uh, do you believe what you believe because your parents believe it, the church believes it, or is this what the Word of God says? You're going to be tested. Um, now, those that have been raised here and in this church for the last several years, we know that you, you've heard, you've known the truth, you have parents you know, that teach you the truth, um, but you're going to be tested whether you're going to believe those things for yourself. And that's what we should all want for our children as we raise them up, is we should want them to, to want it. We should want them to want to know the truth for themselves, not just to... To make us happy. You know, don't believe this just to make me happy, as a parent happy. But believe the truth. Follow the truth. Want the truth. Um, and we pray, though, that you continue with whatever God has in your life and the things that you have learned and that your love for Christ and, and His Word and His people will not sway or fade away. Uh, listen, it's, statistics aren't good in regards to uh, when, when people, after they graduate, and the percentage of people that, that walk away from church or walk away from the Lord, it, it, the percentages aren't good. Uh, but I also know that God doesn't work by percentages. And, uh, but we, it is alarming, though, and we need to take heed to that. And we need to understand that, that we need to do all we can, uh, as parents, of course, to train our children right, but when it comes time, it's between them and the Lord. You can't make those decisions for your kids. You do that for as long as you can. And then even while they're in your home, you start letting them make those decisions, a lot of decisions on their own. 
and you trust and hope that they will make those right decisions when they are no longer under your authority. But we desire for all of you, as you, as you grow up, as you go out into the workforce or, or school, whatever you choose to do, our hope and desire is that you will be a beacon, that you will be a light, that you will be a person to inspire hope, a person that will share the gospel, that will be Christ. Because there's going to be a lot of people around you, no matter where you're at, whether at work or school, whatever you do, there are going to be people around you that, that do not know Jesus. And you're being shot out into this world, and we trust that you will take aim and that you will uh, take the gospel with you. But listen, whatever you face, though, it's going to take courage. It takes courage. Biblical courage is the ability and willingness to confront fear, pain, danger, uncertainty, and intimidation by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not self-confidence. Not what we're talking about. You know, Moses here encouraged Israel and he encourages Joshua. And, and so I want to this day, this, this evening, to encourage uh, especially our graduates, but all of us really, um, Israel, Israel and Joshua here, they're, they're about to embark on a new journey, new experiences, um, new things, face new battles, go to new places. And they need courage to face the unknown before them. They didn't really know all they were going to face, but they, there were some things they did know for sure that God told them that would help them to face the unknown. And that's what I want to look at in just a moment. Um, we must lean to the know, lean on the things we do know to help us to face the unknown. We need courage as we face new things, new battles, make new decisions. And so let's first of all look at some things here uh, to help us to be courageous as we go out into this world. First of all, we need faith in, in God's promises. We have faith in God's promises. You know, Israel and Joshua had to truly believe what, what God was promising them through the words of Moses in our passage. They had to believe that. I mean, really, that this little nation of Israel is now going to go forth and to take over a whole region, and God had promised them this. They had to believe what God was telling them, or they would never go forward. You had to believe if you are to go forward. As you know, Joshua himself, he's proved himself for many years to be a faithful man. I love the story of Joshua before he becomes leader of, of the nation of Israel. He's proved himself faithful many times. One of those times was when he and Caleb went with the other ten spies to look at the land. As you know, with the, with the ten other spies. And the other ten other spies, they discouraged. The Word of God says they discouraged the heart of the people. They discouraged. In other words, the other ten spies removed courage. They discouraged that's you talk about discouragement is what? A removal of courage. The ten spies removed the courage of the heart of Israel. The scriptures say that the nation of Israel wasn't able to enter in at that time because of unbelief. Listen, there's a, there's a connection there between faith and courage, between disbelief and a lack of faith. The children of Israel were too afraid to face the enemy. Too afraid to face the enemy because they did not trust in the God's promised Word. They didn't have faith. Listen, when we have faith, we have courage. They go hand in hand. You want to face some things in the future that will challenge your faith in God's Word. Is this really the Word of God? Is this really what God says? 
Is this really the direction God's Word tells me to go in? Is this really what God says is right? Is this really what God says is wrong? You need to stand on the authority of Scriptures, understanding they are the infallible Word of God. Because at times in your life, you'll be tested in so many different ways. Is this right? Is this truly God's Word? And you'll be discouraged from trusting in it. In other words, your courage will be removed. You need to have faith in God's Word so you can have courage to stand because not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to applaud when you stand uh, all alone. When it's maybe you and nobody else standing for what's right. You, we called names. I mean, some of you probably called a few. I do not know. But when you stand for Christ and stand for the truth and lay hold upon God's Word, you can be silly or ignorant, old-fashioned, just religious, odd. <laughs> and we could come up with some other, other names, of course, we wouldn't mention. But people you might even respect or look up to. Teachers you may have had, friends you may have. They make fun of you or withdraw from your company. You're going to have to be strong and of good courage. Listen, it's not enough to know the truth. It wasn't enough for them just to know what God said. They had to believe it. And that's, I think, where we sometimes we struggle. It's like, I know what it says, but do I really believe it? And if I really believe it, why don't I act upon it? We must know what it says, believe what it says, and then obey what it says. We must be strong and of good courage. I, I like what A.A. Um, a. Hodge said. He said, It is easier to find a score of men wise enough to discover the truth than to find one intrepid enough in the face of opposition to stand up for it. A lot of times that's the way it is. You, you find that, that sometimes people know what is right, know what the truth is, but nobody stands out and says, no, this is what's right. This is what's right. Have faith in God's Word and believe in its truth that He's revealed unto you as you've been brought up underneath of the teaching of the Word of God in your home and in the church. Without wavering, stand upon it. Do not be double-minded. Especially if you go off to school where you're going to hear a lot of things are saying that this is nothing but hogwash. Ask yourself, what does God's Word say? Do I believe what it says? What is right? What does God's Word say? I love this quote. I've used it many times. But it says, Cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Consensus asks the question, is it popular? Courage asks the question, is it right? I like that. Be most concerned about what is right, not about what is safe. Be most concerned uh, about what God says is right, not what the world says is popular. So you need faith in God's promised Word. Trust the Word of God. Secondly, you've got to have some confidence that the Lord is with you. You've got to have faith in that. You need faith in this book and faith in the presence of God. I mention this all the time, but it's all through the Word of God. When God's telling Israel to go do something, He said, the Lord your God will be with you. It's over and over. When He tells the church and gives them the Great Commission, what's, what's His promise? I will be with you to the end of the world. We have the promise of the presence of God. In verse 3, Moses assures Israel of God's presence with them. He says, The Lord your God Himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations 
from before you, and you shall dispossess them. So the Lord's going to do it. You're just going to get, take a little small part of it. But the Lord's going to do it. But they still had to obey, right? But they need to have faith in the Lord's presence that He would go before them. God has told them where to go. He has told them where to go. And as they go there, God has promised to go before them. Listen, it's still important. Listen, when God tells Joshua later, we'll read that, the Lord will go with you wherever you go. That doesn't mean you can just go wherever you want. Okay? You need to go where I've told you to go, Joshua, and I will be with you. And we need to remember that. We want, oftentimes we want God's presence, but we don't want God's way. Oh, I want the Lord to go with me, but we didn't ask the Lord about what to do. We can't do that. We must prayerfully seek the Lord, seek God's will, follow God. And listen, the Lord our God will go with us whithersoever we go. But we need faith in the presence of the Lord. As we follow Him, know that He's right there with us. Many times we often make up our own mind what we want to do with our life where we want to go, where we want to work, where we want to go to school, where we want to live, where we want to go to college, all these things. And, and, then, and then we want to ask God to be with us. Lord, I want to do all these things. Now, Lord, go with me. We, we can't do that. We need to be certain first that we're seeking the Lord, what His will is for us. And when we've done this, and we know we are following God and doing His will Listen, we need to be certain as we're submissive to the Lord. Listen, He and He's leading us. We're following Him. He is going to be with us. Faith in God's presence will enable you to not be afraid. When you know the Lord is with you, you'll face many enemies. You'll be tempted that will tempt you in so many ways to doubt, to fear, to be dismayed, to intimidate you. And you must live in the reality of God's presence with you. Trust His Word. He is with you and will never forsake you. This faith in God's presence is what encouraged Joshua the first time when he and Caleb came back with the other spies. It was the presence of God. I want to look at that. I just love this account. It's been a while since I've read it. But Numbers 14. I mean, I read it an hour ago, but, you know, read it publicly. Uh, Numbers 14, uh, verse 6. This is the account here of the children of Israel in regards to Joshua and Caleb, and they've come back after spying the land. I don't have time to read the whole account here, but verse 6. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into the land and give it to us. First of all, there's that, if, if, if we're on the Lord's side and we're pleasing the Lord, that's all we need to know. If the Lord delights in us, He'll give us the land. He'll give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey only, only do not rebel against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the land, for they are bred. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. See, there's that call to courage that they had, to, to not fear. 
Why? Because if the Lord delights in us and we please the Lord, we're His, we're being obedient to what He has said, then don't, the, Lord is, the Lord is with us. We do not need to fear. I think this is, this is what all of us need, not just graduates, of course, but we all need this encouragement as we face our own giants, as we face our own things in our life that would make us be afraid. I mean, these guys had went out and they seen these guys and they were huge. And it made them fear. But we don't have to fear, no matter how big the obstacles are, no matter how big our enemy is. Now, not all people will applaud you in your courage. You stand up for what's right and you think, well, everybody's going to be so excited that I stood out and I stood up. But that's not how it always works. <laughs> Even the people you may be the closest to sometimes may not stand with you or be encouraged by your faith. That sounds good. Well, if you just stand up for what's right, everybody else is standing for what's right too. No, not necessarily. Caleb and Joshua, I mean, they, they were men of encouragement. And in verse 10, we find, and all the congregation said to stone them with stone. That's the very next thing it said. I mean, Caleb and Joshua are saying, we can do this if the Lord delights in us, and He knew the Lord delighted in them. He'll give us all of this. Don't rebel. I mean, there are nothing to us. I mean, the Lord is with us. We do not need to fear. And they said, let's kill those guys. Let's stone them. Man, they're trying to encourage us. <laughs> you know, some people are like that. I don't want to be one of those people. You know, that, you know that no matter how hard you might try to encourage them, they just, can't, they just can't accept that. Then it says, Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Boy, God was about ready to speak to those people. <laughs> uh, so not everybody is really going to get you sometimes. And sometimes you might be disappointed. I, Caleb and Joshua, two out of the ten... And, and they have moved, those ten have moved all the hearts of the children of Israel against Caleb and Joshua, against the Lord. And this had to disappoint them, discourage them, you would think. I'm sure they were disappointed. But they still had courage. But what was Joshua's confidence in? Was, was Joshua's confidence in the nation of Israel was just a great, wonderful people? No. Was it Joshua's confidence in the fact, uh, boy, that they were good warriors? No. Joshua's confidence was in the fact that God had given them that land and that the Lord delighted in them, in them and the Lord was with them. He said, we do not need to fear. Listen, go where God leads you. Trust that He will always be with you because He has promised that to us. It's not hard to be in the Word of God and see the connection between courageous saints and the presence of God. You look at Joseph, a man of courage, willing to speak the truth and integrity of his heart, and the, and the, but the Word of God says the Lord is with Joseph. The Lord is with Joseph. True courage comes from calling upon the captain of our salvation and dwelling in the presence of our defender, going by faith in Him. Third and quickly, we need faith in the power of God. Listen, this courage, as I said at the beginning, is not self-confidence. Jesus has told us that all power has been given unto Him. The children of Israel were to go and face the enemy, but their assurance of victory was not confidence in their personal strength or their talents. I'm thankful, of course, for all of our talents of our young people. 
But listen, we can't trust in ourselves, our abilities, our knowledge, whatever it is we have, where we're gifted. We must trust in the Lord. There will be times where we'll look at the obstacles, oppositions before us, and we'll think, well, that's just too big, and for you, it is. It is too strong if you go in your own strength, if you go in your own wisdom, in your own ability. But nothing is too big for God. This was the problem with the ten spies that went the first time. They got their eyes on the size of their enemy rather than on the size of their God. I love that passage there, Numbers 13 and verse 32 and 33, what we learn from it. Because here's where we see why that they got fearful. The ten spies, it says in verse 32, And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. I mean, every guy's huge, they said. I really doubt that, but that's the thing. Fear always exaggerates. Always. Did y'all get that? Always? Okay, anyhow. It says, There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, come from the giants. And we were, what? Like grasshoppers in our own sight. So where are they looking? They were looking not at God, they are looking at themselves. And so we were in their sight. So they're looking not at God. They're looking at themselves, comparing themselves with their enemy and seeing themselves however their enemy would see them. Folks, this is a whole message in all of its own, especially in our world today. They got their eyes on the size of the enemy rather than the size of their God. They, they saw the giants. They were living by sight and not by faith. They were comparing their giants to themselves rather than comparing the giants to God that they trusted in. They were seeing themselves as the enemy seen them. He says, and so we were in their sight. Let me tell you what, don't judge what God can do through you by what your enemy says about you. Or how you think your enemy sees you. How the world defines you. What the world says you are. See the victory before you in the light of how God sees you. You are one of His. You are His child. You are one of His children. Beloved of the Lord. We are His people. Created by Him and for Him. He loves us and will never leave us. We are His sheep. He is our shepherd. He is God and there is none else. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what other people think, what other people say. You are one of God's children. You belong to the King of glory. So all other kings better look out, right? We're on the Lord's side. Courage and faith. Or courage is faith and confidence in God. It's it's not this self-confidence. It is courage in, in who the Lord is and His Word, His promises. Courage is not a personality trait. It's not self-assertiveness. It's confidence and faith in God's power, God's presence, and God's promised Word. In closing, very quickly, 
in Joshua 1. So Joshua now is, is Moses is off the scene, and Joshua is about to hear from the Lord. Listen, Moses is not there with Joshua anymore. Uh, and like I said at the beginning, your parents are always going to be with you. You must stand with God when maybe no one else stands. You might be the only person. Will you do that? Will you stand for truth and stand for God when your peers, the people that you maybe been alert to and grown close to, says, "No, I don't think I, I don't think that's worth standing for." But you know, in God's word, it is. Will you stand for truth? In Joshua 1, we'll read a few verses here. The Lord, the Lord here is speaking to Joshua. And, uh, and we'll, just, we'll start with verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. There God has given him assurance of his presence. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. In other words, go a straight path. Go exactly the way I've told you. Don't you turn to the left or to the right. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then... For then, when you are obedient, when you follow me, for then you will make your way prosperous. You know, we, we, we want all the prosperity that God can give us without the obedience. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Keep the Word of God as your top priority. Love it, trust it, meditate on it, obey it, and you will be prosperous and have good success. We want our children to have success. But what kind of success do we want them to have? It's not about how much money they make, folks. I've said that so many times. This, I've never been concerned with how much money my kids make. I've never stressed that to them at all. I'm not saying they're perfect right now either. I'm saying that's not what we should stress to our kids. It really isn't. Following God is number one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other little things that on this earth are temporary that we need for a little while, all of those shall be added to us. Put Christ first. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Put Him first. You will never regret that. You'll never be sorry of that decision you've made to stand for truth and righteousness and following the Lord. Even when you maybe had to, to stand against family, you've had to stand against friends, do what's right. Be courageous like Christ who faced the greatest enemy of all, death, even when all of his friends at the moment had forsaken him. And he marched up to Mount Calvary and faced what he did for us, bearing our sins and was our conqueror. 
He followed, the, he followed the Father's will all the way. Follow Christ. Follow God's will. And be courageous like Jesus. Because He was the most courageous of all. I'm going to pray. And if somebody go over and get the youth group over there, I greatly appreciate it. Okay, Daniel? All right, thank you. Uh, Father in heaven, I thank you so much for, Lord, your word that encourages us. Lord, I have to admit oftentimes... I, I must sadly confess I have been discouraged in my life. But Lord, I'm thankful that you show us that that discouragement is a, so often a, a link to our lack of faith and trust in you. Uh, Father, I pray for, uh, Lord, those who have graduated this year. I pray your uh, hand of mercy be upon them. I pray for your light to guide them. I pray that they would seek your face. And Lord, that they wouldn't just make up their mind and what they want to do, but Lord, they would, and, and ask you to join in, but Lord, they would uh, truly, Lord, want to do what you want them to do and go where you want them to go. And Lord, we don't know what that is for them, but you do. And so Father, I pray that they would wait upon you, that they wouldn't be impatient, they wouldn't run before you, but they would diligently seek your face and ask for your Spirit to, to guide them. They'd be in the Word and meditate upon it and be certain in the decisions that they make that they are following the will of God. And Father, I pray that you would be with them and go with them wherever they go, wherever you have for them, that you would give them great victory and true spiritual success, Lord, over Satan and over the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. All right. Um, are they?